is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X. For this episode, I chat with Pierre Murray, and we get right down to it on ways of being, advice from mentors, goals, and so much more. So I hope you enjoy this part one with Pierre Murray. We're back. I'm Clayton Howe, and today with me on Zoom is Pierre Murray. Pierre, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, how's it going, man? It's good. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, of course. It's, you know, it's it's fantastic. It's theaters open. We're moving along here. It seems like COVID is starting to become a thing of the past, air quotes. People can't see that. Uh, we have yeah. so much to talk about. I, you know, I want to discuss your your performance career and, of course, directing uh, mm-hmm. ensemble, the documentary, mm-hmm. um, and performing in Aladdin and so much more. But before we get to that, I want to take it back to the beginning of time for you. What were your entertainment dreams growing up? Oh my goodness. So, you know, my, uh, my parents were circus performers. Uh, my parents met in Ringling Brothers, Bon and Belly Circus. They were trapeze artists. And my mother's from Belgium. It's where my French name comes from. And my, my father's from South Africa. And so I was born essentially in the circus. And um, my original dreams just came from watching them uh, fly trapeze like, just across the sky. And, you know, the circus is such a beautiful, you know, the, the impossible is possible atmosphere. And so I, I don't even know if I had a specific idea of what I wanted to do. I just knew I wanted to do it. Uh-huh. And um, as my as I grew up and as my, my parents transitioned out of the circus, because that's not necessarily a life to raise a kid, <laughs> um, my my dad ended up becoming a stuntman and then a stunt coordinator. And so that sort of brought film and TV into my life. And, and, and it really felt like just, you know, through them, a proxy through them, my my dreams for entertainment and my dreams for being a performer. I, I was just, it was the things that I was surrounded by and the people I was surrounded and inspired by were all artists. And so I, I never had a specific idea of what it was. I just knew that it was going to happen. It felt inevitable. I love that. What did, what did your parents teach you about work ethic? Well, you know, I, it's funny. My, my mom is, is a really great teacher and she's so there's discipline when it comes to my mom that I think just so deep and rooted in my, you know, in my bones and, and discipline from my mother and, and fight from my father. I think my, my, my dad was a very, very good trapeze artist at the time. He was one of the only people in the world doing certain tricks like the triple somersault three and a half. And it was, he, he was a very high achieving person and, and, and athletes. And I think he always discussed this sort of like inner deeper fight. The, there was always going to feel like there's a little bit of pressure against you. And I think the combination of, of discipline, but fight when it matters, um, I think are the two things I take from each of them. What is that self-talk for you on deciding to push through or to fight? How do you make that decision? You know, I, I feel it. it's funny. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine the other day is that I, I feel that it's so innate in me to just continue to fight when there is pressure that sometimes I need to take a step back and, 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 and know when it's time to, to not, you know, know when it's time to take a step away or to take, take a break or when resistance is telling you something, you know, I, I think that I almost my, my go-to uh, is to fight and it, it's, there's almost no thought. And besides, you know, just like push through. And, and I, I found as I've gotten older that they can get you very far, but then there's a certain level of you're pushing too hard or you are um, pushing too much or, or you're not paying attention to the resistance because you can push smarter instead of harder, you know? And, and I think that that's been 
that's been more the lesson as I almost have no thought about working hard. I need to have more thought about working smart, you know? And taking that time for yourself to almost yeah. reset. Do you, do you meditate or is there a quiet yeah. time you have? You know, it, it, this is a like a wonderful question. Just sort of, it's very existentially connected. Is that who am I when I'm not doing the thing that I'm, that I, when I'm not doing my art, right. you know? And I, I recently, you know, I, things get so busy, you know, I like, we will talk more about life and, and arts and everything with, you know, when you mentioned that I, I'm doing Aladdin um, on Broadway at the moment, and then I, I'm filming and directing pieces. And as you, I'm sure you all know, your time just gets completely taken up. Mm -hmm. And so, so quickly I find myself, you know, focusing on the projects and, and not as much on myself. And I recently went back to South Africa to visit home and to take that time. Mm. And I, um, had more genuine inspiration on new ideas of, of projects I want to make, create than I've had in the past six to eight months, you know, and I, I reminding myself that like just taking time in general is so beneficial to me as an artist mm -hmm. because it allows that space to sort of take a step back. Mm -hmm. And I need to implement a daily, um, a daily routine of that. You know, I, I'm a big listener and a follower of Sam Harris. I don't know if you know mm -hmm. who Sam Harris is. He's a, uh, you know, neuro uh, scientist and philosopher and a very po popular podcast, yeah. you know, host. And he speaks a lot about meditation. He has a meditation app and it, the way that that allows you just to sort of take a step out of yourself and observe, observe the thing that you're going through. And I think that's been huge for me when I meditation, the, the ideas of meditation really help me when I'm really upset or really happy is I, you take that little step out and go, well, look at yourself being upset right now. And it helps you be less upset. It helps you feel like more grounded. And so I think the the ideal the ideology of that kind of work is what I do. But um, I, you know, I constantly am telling myself take more time to yourself. You know, be, a, be take more silence. You know, more breaths. You know. Yeah, it's so important to have that balance mm -hmm. because in the silence, I find some of the best solutions, decisions, new ideas. Mm -hmm. Come. Mm, totally. 100 percent Yeah. Uh yeah. what what did your parents teach you about kindness? Hmm. You know, it's so funny to use that word about them because they uh, in my like family dynamic, sort of extended family with my grandparents, like uncles, aunts, I find like my parents to be very much the center point of that. And I, you know, they growing up in the circus and them coming from the circus at the time, you know, especially in South Africa, um, the world wasn't understanding of the other, you know, and the circus was the place of the other. And it always has been. And I think in a lot of ways always will be. And then we're in traditional circus, you know, just before Ringling Brothers is sort of, uh, you know, before Cirque du Soleil became more of the popular Cirque, you know, idea. And the, the idea that like a person is, a uh, good or bad person. And that's where it begins and ends, you know, and um, they, your kindness should extend through your feeling of that when it comes to human beings. And it doesn't matter what, like, it doesn't matter who they are and how they are and where they come from, that, that kindness is a base is what people deserve until, until you don't, until they, until they don't, you know? And I, I really feel like the circus and then, and them through that is this, this big idea of acceptance and kindness through that, you know? And, and yeah. 
they, they, they told me to, to see people as people. And with, with, without having that conversation, you know, which I was so grateful for, it was never, it was just sort of around, you know, you, yeah, if you're a three-year-old kid and, you know, the circus, even with their circus, um, which is very acrobatic, there was still a lot of like carny influences in Ringling Brothers. So it's like people that you've never seen before, that you never see on the streets, but wearing crazy things, doing uh, crazy things with their body. And it's just accepting everyone uh, as as human beings, I think was such a big lesson from them um, across the board, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you, that's so well. That's so well said, and I, I, I think other people are going to hear it the way I hear it. And I hope they do. And it's yeah. that it's that just it's the just being part. You just mm-hmm. it's a leading by example. You don't mm-hmm. have to say like, no, that's hot. Don't touch it. That's cold. You'll get cold. You know, it's like you just you just are in the best way, mm-hmm. and therefore, you know, the people like yourself, right, under your parents or under my parents, even. It's just you just learn how to be. It's not a. It, yeah, it's not like, you know, preached at you or talked at you. It's just like you see it. Yeah, exactly. I, I actually, I have very few times I can think that either of my parents have sat me down and taught me a lesson about life. You know, it just sort of, you just sort of observe it. And then as you get older and have your own thoughts and feelings, you start sort of, a lot of us, I think, you know, go, you look back at your family dynamics and your folks and what raised you. And then you realize, oh, wow, what a beautiful example of, this thing or what a terrible example or what a thing I can learn you know it's not everyone obviously everyone's journeys are different but I think I feel very grateful you know for my folks for that reason I mean even just moving to the states you know my, my parents worked in the states for a long time and and they both left home when they was my mother was 16 my dad was 17 they ran away with the circus and so when I immigrated here mm-hmm. I I not only had parents that supported me, which as a base is beautiful. I also had parents who innately understood the journey in a way that I feel like very other few other people understand what it's like to be away from home in a foreign place, trying to pursue your art. And so picking up the phone for advice was invaluable because it wasn't just advice from the side of a, a parent that supported their kid. It was advice from two people who had gone through the exact same experience, you know, 30 years prior. And so that like, to me is huge, a huge, there's huge power in that. And there's been huge, like, I think I, I talk about them with so much love and kindness and fondness because I think if not, I know that my, any of my success in the United States is, is I attribute so much of that to them and, and the, the base I have with them at home. I love that. I love that. Do you, do you, or have you had any mentors and are there any standout pieces of advice? You know, I, I've had, I've had a few. I am um, one of my first mentors in the United States. Um, his name's Tom Christopher Warren. He was in the um, Lion King for about 10 years and he still goes in and out. Now he's an, he's a teacher. Um, we were talking about the state of, you know, I first moved here and I wanted to be, um, you know, the, an actor on Broadway and and he uh, he broke down the state of the industry in a way in a numbers way that completely changed my outlook on like sort of life and, and, and performing in New York so he basically went something like you know there are 30 Broadway shows let's say we put like uh, 20 people 20 people in each show um, so let's say there's 600 performers on Broadway right now mm. now let's say so you so you want to be on Broadway say there's 600 available quote-unquote spots and now you need to split that number number in half typically for 
like what you what your gender uh, represents I, I i identify as male and so i think you got about 300 maybe 350 400 roles available then you you to cut that number again for what what age are you at what age are you playing so say you're playing in your 20s and you can cut probably another 200 roles off of that and then you keep going what how, how tall are you what is your voice type um what is your hair color what what is your racial background what is your accent what accents can you do and then all of a sudden you find at the end of the day and then is the role available do they have someone on tour who's going to come in it's like all those things come into play and you realize at one given time they're like three they're like three roles that exist for you at all in this city in this dream mm -hmm. and then when they come you have to have the agent that can get you the appointments or the availability or you're not out of town and all these things and it, i it was this piece of advice where he broke down he's like this is this is two things this is both dreamy and and talking now as being an actor it's both an incredible thing to do but it's also just straight numbers sometimes and it really helped me on the idea of like what's for you is for you and what isn't isn't and that sense of control over that numbers game helped me release the career or, or the outcome based idea of the career and just sort of focus on getting better at the things that i could control because you when you do that you see how much you can't and that really helped me as it, it helped my brain i think it might freak some people out the idea of like wow there's nothing available for me right now but for me it helped me remove uh, a sense of control and just know that i can if i can just focus on what i'm doing then it's i can be at peace you know i can be at peace with who i am and where i am mm -hmm. yeah 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 and what did that no i i'm i'm thinking about it because yeah, 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 yeah. it's really well articulated how did that affect your decisions once you realized that concept you know especially as an immigrant what it helped i had some success as a performer as an actor in south africa i i had done a, a few movies um with universal and um, sort of NBC and, and I played some principles in those films and I, I, my career was quote unquote established in my own country. And so coming here, you know, you have to, there's a bit of red tape uh, more so a few years ago than there is now in terms of how do you perform legally and how do you gain success, et cetera. And so what that helped me with is taking jobs as a kid who felt like he was successful and taking a step back and being like this, what's available for you now is these jobs at these regional theaters or this non-union tour and this is going to help you climb a ladder to where you want to go it's sort of saying like broadway isn't available right now and that's okay because the numbers are just not working in that way for you at this current moment and so that helped me release the stress of 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 control you you, you know it helped me yeah. it helps me personally like what I love about New York, and I, th I think this exists in a lot of towns, but what I really love about New York, and funnily enough, I just, um, last night I went to see MJ the Musical, mm -hmm. and uh, one of my old roommates from uh, the National Tour of Flashdance, his name's Aramie Payton, he's playing MJ right now, mm -hmm. and um, he's incredible, and he's, in, he's out of this world, and it's his Broadway debut, and he's, he's absolutely, like, giving one of the greatest performances I've seen in this town, but... Yeah. The why that's what that's connecting to what I'm saying is that there's a sort of like we I feel like we've risen together in our worlds, but there's this incremental idea about New York City about like 
okay, what is the best move for me now? Now I take this tour, now I take this contract and then you come back and you have more and then you can take another step and another step. And I feel like this city pays attention to people who are continuously, who are continuously talented and continuously working, but are like climbing a ladder in a way. Um, and that advice from Tom about the system helped me, helped me understand that it's okay to climb the ladder because when it, when everything clicks into place, it, it, it can work, it can work for you, you know, and it, 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 there are less, there's less um, flash in the pan moments here versus I think sometimes it happens out, out in LA and, and other projects. So I, I, I love the idea of what it did for the step-by-step -step of this world. It's not, it, 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 it is a lottery sometimes and it isn't, you know, what you are in control of and what you aren't. And I think that like, um, just finding the balance between sort of releasing that and claiming that is really helpful with that piece of advice. Oh, well, that is sort of telling of the industry, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's true. I mean, for your friend, right. For them, it's, you couldn't plan that. And yet when I <laughs> saw the show, I couldn't see anyone else more. <laughs> I mean, I, it's hard. I, and I wasn't in the auditions. I'm not a part of the production at all. It, it's mm -hmm. hard for me to think that there's anyone more suited for that role than <laughs> than them, which is yeah. the universe conspiring to help you when you're in line with yeah. your, you know, I guess purpose. Yeah, but then in the same breath, you know, I've I've we've been out to you know drinks at night and being frustrated about like, well, why didn't I get this job? Or why was I in final callbacks for this thing? And 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 and, and this didn't work out for me. You know, it's just that that. That man has been on final callbacks on hold for so many Broadway shows over the last few years and has never panned out, you know? Yeah. And I think that that's an important distinction though, because I think in the same breath, as much as sometimes your big thing doesn't come, there are indicators that you are in the right place doing the right thing. You know, I, I think that people need to be, that's a, that's a careful, maybe harsh and not always true, but I think helpful piece of advice is that there are, even if success isn't, hitting you or whatever your definition of success is yeah. there are indicators that you're in the right place yeah. sort of like hey people are calling me back or people are interested in working with me outside of this you know there are like i think if none of that is happening for you for years there mm -hmm. then it's a there can be a different conversation then the conversation about like i just need to wait for my time depending on who you are and where you are yeah it becomes a it becomes a tricky thing because i, I because I think this is the fear for most, and definitely for me, for so many performers and artists, is the fear of disillusionment. Am I disillusioning myself into thinking it's not my time? Or is it that I'm in the wrong place right now doing the wrong thing? Mm. And it's important, for, no one can really tell you the answer to that question really besides yourself. Mm. And I think it's an important balance to strike between, and that's where the inherent anxiety comes, right? It's what I'm saying about like, thinking I'm just waiting for my time and that little gremlin on your shoulder that's like, will it ever be your time? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I know. And answering that question for yourself is important. And I think that there are indicators that help you stay the course. And then there are indicators that can help you shift the course, you know? Yeah. Because you don't want to fall into that self-sabotage in a way without even knowing it, mm -hmm. you know, by mm -hmm. just putting the energy out. It's like, it's not going to work out ever. Which is mm -hmm. like, is that true? Or am I, you know, subtly self-sabotaging myself? Yeah, no, exactly. exactly. Is, that's such a balance and it's such a, it's such a meditation, I think. I mean, yeah. And, you know, going back to yeah. how the conversation started, the quieter you get with yourself, 
the more the obvious answer. Cause I heard this, I forget where I heard this, but the, whenever, whenever I'm coming up against a question like that, I'll ask mm-hmm. myself, am I talking myself into a bad decision or am I talking mm-hmm. myself out of a good decision? Mm-hmm. And, totally. to, and instantly you're like, oh yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm talking myself into something bad. Like, you know, in your gut, oh, I'm talking myself into something bad or, oh, I'm talking myself out of something good, which is just such a. Oh, I love this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's the same. Yeah. I, I give a lot when someone, a friend of mine, or even for myself, when we're going through like a time of like uncertainty, yeah. I often talk about like, who's the person you're going to bed with at night? Who's that brain? Just before like lights are off, you're there and you're thinking and there's no expectation. You're not performing for everyone. When you are truly solo and you're like, you're behind your eyes. It's like a lot of meditative people sure. speak. Yeah. Like, what does that person want? What does that person think? Like, truly, you know, without anyone's eyes. And I think that person can be very um, helpful in in just ha- pursuing happiness and pursuing joy. And, and, and you know, if long as, as long as that person who's going to sleep is okay, or you're at least attempting to service that brain, I think a lot of everything else ends up, you know, working itself out, at least emotionally and, and you know, internally. You've been listening to Entertainment X, the podcast. You can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another curiosity conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening.